Welcome to today's Triple Z. The Triple Z Podcast is a daily program that you can use to help you fall asleep each night. Just turn down the volume, lay back, relax, and enjoy as you fall asleep. The Life and Achievements of Don Quixote de la Mancha is a Spanish epic novel by Miguel de Cervantes. Originally published in two parts, in 1605 and 1615, its full title is The Ingenious Gentleman Don Quixote of La Mancha. A founding work of Western literature, it is often labeled as the first modern novel and one of the greatest works ever written. Don Quixote is also one of the most translated books in the world. If you enjoy our program, Please be sure to write us a review on your podcast platform and share us with a friend. You both might sleep just a little better at night. Our website is triple Z, that's three Z's dot media. You can also like and share our content on Facebook or our Instagram account ZZZ Media Podcast. Music for today's episode was provided by the Sleep Channel on Spotify. Chapter 95 Of the ominous accidents that crossed Don Quixote as he entered his village with other transactions that illustrate and adorn this memorable history. When they were entering the village, Don Quixote observed two little boys contesting together in an adjoining field, and one said to the other, Never fret thy gizzard about it, for thou shalt never see her whilst thou hast breath in thy body. Don Quixote overhearing this, Sancho, said he, did you mind the boy's words? Thou shalt never see her while thou hast breath in thy body? Well, answered Sancho, and what is the great business, though the boy did say so? How, replied Don Quixote, dost thou not perceive that, applying the words to my affairs, they plainly imply that I shall never see my Dulcinea? Sancho was about to answer again, but was hindered by a full cry of hounds and horsemen pursuing a hare, which was put so hard to her shifts that she came and squatted down for shelter just at Dapple's feet. Immediately Sancho laid hold of her without difficulty and presented her to Don Quixote, but he, with a dejected look, refusing the present, cried out aloud, an ill omen, an ill omen, a hare runs away, hounds pursue her, and Dulcinea appears not. You are a strange man, quoth Sancho, to regard such trumperies. Nay, I have heard you yourself, my dear master, say that all such Christians as troubled their heads with these fortune-telling follies were neither better nor worse than downright numbskulls, so let us even leave these things as we found them and get home as fast as we can. By this time the sportsmen were come up, and demanding their game, Don Quixote delivered them their hair. They passed on, and just at their coming into the town, they perceived the curate and the bachelor Carrasco, repeating their breviary in a small field adjoining. The curate and the bachelor, presently knowing their old friends, ran to meet them with open arms, and while Don Quixote alighted and returned their embraces, the boys, who are ever so quick-sighted that nothing can escape their eyes, presently spying the ass, came running and flocking about them. Oh, cried they to one another, look you here, boys, 
here is Gaffer Sancho Panza's ass as fine as a lady and Don Quixote's beast leaner than ever. With that, they ran whooping and hollowing about them through the town, while the two adventurers, attended by the curate and the bachelor, moved towards Don Quixote's house, where they were received at the door by his housekeeper and his niece, who had already got notice of their arrival. The news having also reached Teresa Panza, Sancho's wife, she came running half-naked, with her hair about her ears, to see him, leading by the hand all the way her daughter Sanchica, who hardly wanted to be tugged along. But when she found that her husband looked a little short of the state of a governor, mercy on me, quoth she, what is the meaning of this, husband? You look as though you had come all the way on foot, and tired off your legs too. Why, you come liker a shark than a governor. Mom, Teresa, quoth Sancho, it is not all gold that glisters, and every man was not born with a silver spoon in his mouth. First let us go home, and then I will tell thee wonders. I have taken care of the main chance. Money I have, and I came honestly by it, without wronging anybody. Ask got money, old boy? Nay, then, it is well enough, no matter which way, let it come by hook or by crook, it is but what your betters have done before you. At the same time Sanchica, hugging her father, asked him what he had brought her home, for she had gaped for him as the flowers do for the dew in May. Thus Sancho, leading Dapple by the halter on one side, his wife taking him by the arm on the other, away they went together to his cottage, leaving Don Quixote at his own house, under the care of his niece and housekeeper, with the curate and bachelor to keep him company. Don Quixote took the two last aside at once, and, without mincing the matter, gave them an account of his defeat, and the obligation he lay under of being confined to his village for a year, which, like a true knight errant, he was resolved punctually to observe. He added, that he intended to pass that interval of time in the innocent functions of a pastoral life, and therefore he would immediately commence shepherd, and entertain himself solitarily in fields and woods, and begged, if business of greater importance were not an obstruction, that they would both please to be his companions, assuring them he would furnish them with such a number of sheep as might entitle them to such a profession. He also told them that he had already in a manner fitted them for the undertaking, for he had provided them all with names the most pastoral in the world. They were struck with amazement at this new strain of folly, but considering it might be a means of keeping him at home, and hoping at the same time that, within the year, he might be cured of his naiarantry, they came into his pastoral scheme, and, gravely applauding it, freely offered their company in the design. We shall live the most pleasant life imaginable, said Samson Carrasco, for, as everybody knows, I am a most celebrated poet, and I will write pastorals in abundance. Sometimes, too, I may raise my strain, as occasion offers, to divert us as we range the groves and plains. But one thing, gentlemen, we must not forget, it is absolutely necessary that each of us choose a name for the shepherdess he means to celebrate in his lays, 
nor must we forget the ceremony used by the shepherds of writing, carving, notching, or engraving on every tree the names of such shepherdesses, though the bark be ever so hard. You are very much in the right, replied Don Quixote, though, for my part, I need not be at the trouble of devising a name for any imaginary shepherdess, being already captivated by the peerless Dulcinea del Toboso, the nymph of these streams, the ornament of these meads, the primrose of beauty, the cream of gentleness, and, in short, the proper subject of all the praises that hyperbolical eloquence can bestow. We grant all this, said the curate, but we, who cannot pretend to such perfections, must make it our business to find out some shepherdesses of a lower stamp and be content. We shall find enough, I will warrant you, replied Carrasco, and though we meet with none, yet will we give those very names we find in books such as Phyllis, Amaryllis, Chloe, Diana, Florinda, Chloris, Galatea, and a thousand more, which are to be disposed of publicly in the open market, and when we have purchased them, they are our own. Besides, if my shepherdess be called in, I will name her in my verses Anarda, if Francis, I will call her Francnia, and if Lucy be her name, then Lucinda shall be my shepherdess, and so forth. And if Sancho Panza will make one of our fraternity, he may celebrate his wife Teresa by the name of Teresa Nia. Don Quixote could not forbear smiling at the turn given to that name. The cure again applauded his laudable resolution and repeated his offer of bearing in company all the time that his other employment would allow him and then they took their leave, giving him all the good advice that they thought might conduce to his health and welfare. No sooner were the curate and the bachelor gone than the housekeeper and niece, who, according to custom, had been listening to all their discourse, came both upon Don Quixote. Bless me, uncle, cried the niece, what is here to do? What new maggot has got into your head? When we thought you were come to stay at home and live like a sober, honest gentleman in your own house, are you hankering after new inventions and running a wool gathering after sheep, forsooth? By my troth, sir, you are somewhat of the latest. The corn is too old to make oaten pipes of. Ah, oh. sir, quoth the housekeeper, how will your worship be able to endure the summer's sun and the winter's frost in the open fields? And then the howlings of the wolves, heaven bless us. Pray, good sir, do not think of it. It is a business fit for nobody but those that are bred and born to it and as strong as horses. Let the worst come to the worst. Better be a knight errant still than a keeper of sheep. Be ruled by me, stay at home, look after your concerns, go off into confession, do good to the poor, and if aught goes ill with you, let it lie at my door. Good girls, said Don Quixote, hold your prating, I know best what I have to do. Do not trouble your heads, whether I be a knight errant or an errant shepherd, you shall always find that I will provide for you. The niece and maid, who, without doubt, were good-natured creatures, made no answer, but brought him something to eat and tended him with all imaginable care.
Chapter 96 How Don Quixote fell sick, made his last will, and died. As all human things, especially the lives of men, are transitory, their very beginnings being but steps to their dissolution, so Don Quixote, who was no way exempted from the common fate, was snatched away by death when he least expected it. He was seized with a violent fever that confined him to his bed for six days, during all which time his good friends, the curate, bachelor, and barber, came often to see him, and his trusty squire Sancho Panza never stirred from his bedside. They conjectured that his sickness proceeded only from the regret of his defeat, and his being disappointed of Dulcinea's disenchantment, and accordingly they left nothing unassayed to divert him. The bachelor begged him to pluck up a good heart and rise that they might begin their pastoral life, telling him that he had already written an eclogue to that purpose, not inferior to those of Sanazaro, and that he had bought, with his own money, of a shepherd of Quintanar, two famous dogs to watch their flock, the one called Barcino and the other Butron, but this had no effect on Don Quixote, for he still continued dejected. A physician was sent for, who, upon feeling his pulse, did not very well like it, and therefore desired him of all things to provide for his soul's health, for that of his body was in a dangerous condition. Don Quixote heard this with much more temper than those about him, for his niece, his housekeeper, and his squire fell weeping as bitterly as if he had been laid out already. The physician was of opinion that mere melancholy and vexation had brought him to his approaching end. Don Quixote desired them to leave him a little, because he found himself inclined to rest, they retired, and he had a hearty sleep of about six hours, which the maid and niece were afraid had been his last. At length he awaked, and, with a loud voice, Praise be the Almighty, cried he, for this great benefit he has vouchsafed to me. The niece, hearkening very attentively to these words of her uncle, and finding more sense in them than there was in his usual talk, at least since he had fallen ill, What do you say, sir, said she, has anything extraordinary happened? What mercies are these you mention? Mercies, answered he, that heaven has this moment vouchsafed to shew me, in spite of all my iniquities. My judgment is returned, clear and undisturbed, and that cloud of ignorance is now removed which the continual reading of those books of night errantry had cast over my understanding. I am only sorry the discovery happens so late, when I want time to make amends by those studies that should enlighten my soul and prepare me for futurity. I find, niece, my end approaches, but I would have it such that though my life has got me the character of a madman, I may deserve a better at my death. Dear child, continued he, send for my honest friend the curate, the bachelor Carrasco, and master Nicholas the barber, for I intend to make my confession and my will. His niece was saved the trouble of sending, for presently they all three came in, which Don Quixote perceiving, my good friends, said he, I have happy news to tell you, I am no longer Don Quixote de la Mancha, but Alonso Quisano, the same whom the world, 
for his fair behavior has been formally pleased to call the good. I now declare myself an enemy to Amaz to Gaul and his whole generation, all foolish stories of knight errantry I detest. I have a true sense of the danger of reading them and of all my past follies, and, through heaven's mercy and my own experience, I abhor them. His three friends were not a little surprised to hear him talk at this rate and concluded some new frenzy had possessed him. What now? said Samson to him. What is all this to the purpose, Senor Don Quixote? We have just had the news that the Lady Dulcinea is disenchanted and now we are upon the point of turning shepherds to sing and live like princes. You are dwindled down to a hermit. No more of that. I beseech you, replied Don Quixote, all the use I shall make of these follies at present is to heighten my repentance, and though they have hitherto proved prejudicial, yet, by the assistance of heaven, they may turn to my advantage of my death, I find it comes fast upon me, therefore, pray, gentlemen, let us be serious. I want a priest to receive my confession, and a scrivener to draw up my will. There is no trifling at a time like this, and therefore, pray let the Scrivener be sent for while Mr. Curate prepares me by confession. Don Quixote's words put them all into such wonder that they stood gazing upon one another. They thought they had reason to doubt of the return of his understanding, and yet they could not help believing him. They were also apprehensive he was near the point of death, considering the sudden recovery of his intellects and he delivered himself after that with so much sense, discretion, and piety, and shoot himself so resigned to the will of heaven that they made no scruple to believe him restored to his perfect judgment at last. The curate thereupon cleared the room of all the company but himself and Don Quixote, and then confessed him. In the meantime, the bachelor ran for the scrivener and presently brought him with him and Sancho Panza being informed by the bachelor how ill his master was, and finding his niece and housekeeper all in tears, began to make a sad face and folly crying. The curate, having heard the sick man's confession, came out and told them that the good Alonso Quisano was very near his end, and certainly in his senses, and therefore they had best go and that he might make his will. These dismal tidings opened the sluices of the housekeepers, the nieces, and the good squire's swollen eyes, so that a whole inundation of tears burst out of those floodgates and a thousand sighs from their hearts, for, indeed, either as Alonso Quisano or as Don Quixote de la Mancha, as it has been observed, the sick gentleman had always shoot himself such a good-natured man and of so agreeable a behavior that he was not only beloved by his family, but by everyone that knew him. The Scrivener, with the rest of the company, then went into the chamber, and the preamble and former part of the will being drawn, and the testator having recommended his soul to heaven and bequeathed his body to the earth, according to custom, he came to the legacies as follows. Item, I give and bequeath to Sancho Panza, whom in my madness I made my squire, whatever money he has or may have of mine in his hands, and whereas there are reckonings and accounts to be adjusted between us for what he has received and dispersed, 
My will and pleasure is that whatever may remain due to me, which can be but small, be enjoyed by him as my free gift, without any let or molestation, and much good may it do him. And as he was, through my means, made governor of an island, I would now, in my right senses, give him the government of a kingdom, were it in my power, in consideration of his integrity and faithfulness. And now, my friend, said he, turning to Sancho, pardon me that I have brought upon thee, as well as myself, the scandal of madness, by drawing thee into my own errors, and persuading me that there have been and still a knight's errand in the world. Woe is me, my dear master's worship, cried Sancho, all in tears, do not die this time, but even take my counsel, and live on many years. For shame, sir, do not give way to sluggishness, but get out of your doleful dumps, and rise. Is this a time to lie groaning in bed, when we should be in the fields, in our shepherd's clothing, as we have resolved? Ten to one but behind some bush, or under some hedge, we may find the lady Madame Dulcinea, stripped of her enchanted rags, and as fine as a queen. Mayhaps you take it to heart that you were unhorsed and a little crupper scratched the other day, but if that be all, lay the blame upon me, and say it was my fault in not girding Rosinante tight enough. You know, too, there's nothing more common in your errantry books than for the knights to be every foot jostled out of the saddle. There is nothing but ups and downs in this world, and he that is down today may be up tomorrow. Even so, said Samson, honest Sancho has a right notion of the matter. Soft and fair, gentlemen, replied Don Quixote, never look for birds of this year in the nests of the last. I was mad, but now I am in my right senses. I was once Don Quixote de la Mancha, but I am now, as I said before, the plain Alonso Quisano, and I hope the sincerity of my words and my repentance may restore me to the same esteem you have had for me before, and so, Mr. Scrivener, pray go on. Item, I constitute and appoint Antonia Quisano, my niece here present, sole heiress of all my estate, real and personal, after all my just debts and legacies, bequeathed by these presents, shall have been paid, satisfied, and deducted, out of the best of my goods and chattels, and the first of that kind to be discharged shall be the salary due to my housekeeper, together with twenty ducats over and above her wages, which said some I leave and bequeath her to buy her mourning. Item, I appoint Mr. Curate and Mr. Samson Carrasco, the bachelor, here present, to be the executors of this my last will and testament. Item, it is my will that if my niece Antonia Quisano be inclinable to marry, it be with none but a person who, upon strict inquiry, shall be found never to have read a book of night errantry in his life, and in case it appears that he has been conversant in such books, and that she persists in her resolution to marry him, she is then to forfeit all right and title to my bequest, which, in such a case, my executors are hereby empowered to dispose of to pious uses, as they shall think most. Proper. Having finished the will, he fell into a swooning fit. 
all the company were troubled and alarmed and ran to his assistance. However, he came to himself at last, but relapsed into the like fits almost every hour for the space of three days that he lived after he had made his will. In short, Don Quixote's last day came after he had made those preparations for death which good Christians ought to do, and, by many fresh and weighty arguments, shoot his abhorrence of books of night errantry. The Scrivener, who was by, protested he had never read in any books of that kind of any knight errant who ever died in his bed so quietly and like a good Christian as Don Quixote did. When the curate perceived that he was dead, he desired the Scrivener to give him a certificate how Alonso Quisano, commonly called the good, and sometimes known by the name of Don Quixote de la Mancha, was departed out of this life into another and died a natural death. This he desired, lest any other author but Sid Hammett Benigli should take occasion to raise him from the dead and presume to write endless histories of his pretended adventures. Thus died that ingenious gentleman, Don Quixote de la Mancha, whose native place Sid Hammett has not thought fit directly to mention, with design that all the towns and villages in La Mancha should contend for the honor of giving him birth, as the seven cities of Greece did for Homer. We shall omit Sancho's lamentations, and those of the niece and the housekeeper, as also several epitaphs that were made for his tomb, and will only give you this, which the bachelor Carrasco caused to be put over it. The body of a knight lies here, so brave, that, to his latest breath, immortal glory was his care and made him triumph over death. Nor has his death the world deceived less than his wondrous life surprised, for if he like a madman lived, at least he like a wise one died. London Printed by Robson, Levy, and Franklin Great New Street, Fetter Lane popular works. Recently published by James Burns, 17, Portman Street, Portman Square. Select Library. Volumes published. I, Tales of Female Heroism, illustrated by Warren. Threes, Half Morocco, Force. 6D. 2, Stories of the Crusades, supplying, in a pleasing and popular form, a historical view of the period, with frontispiece by Silas, and two plans, threes. 6D, Half Morocco, fives. 3, Don Quixote divested of cumbrous matter, and revised for general reading, with sketch of life and writings of Cervantes, illustrated by Warren. Cloth, S.A.X.S., Half Morocco, Sevens. 6D. 4. A popular history of the French Revolution from its rise down to the Battle of Waterloo, comprising a complete account of the career of Napoleon Bonaparte. Cloth, Fives. 6D. Half Morocco, S.A.X.S. 6D. To be published January 1st. Among other works which will speedily appear are the following. 1. Tales of Adventure by S.E.A. and Land. Nearly ready. 
2. Select plays of S-H-A-K-S-P-E-R-E. Edited by the Reverend A.J. Howell. 3. The Life of Samuel Johnson in one volume by the Reverend J. F. Russell. In the press and nearly ready. 4. Robinson Crusoe, a new edition with introduction, notes, etc. edited by the same. 5. Froissart's Chronicles, condensed. Two volumes in the press. 6. A popular compendium of modern history. 7. Stories from Herodotus. 8. A manual of architecture. 9. The British Essayist Spectator, Tatler, Rambler, etc. A selection of the best papers arranged on a novel and popular plan. 10. Tales from the Arabian Nights. In the press. 11. Prito's Life of Muhammad Amplified so as to present a comprehensive history of Mohammedanism. 12. Strut Sports and Pastimes, condensed and illustrated with copious notes from Brand and other eminent antiquaries. Etc. 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 Under the title of Select Library, it is proposed to publish a series of works upon such a plan as may remove all difficulty on the part of parents and tutors as to what books of an instructive and entertaining character they may, without hesitation, place in the hands of those in whose moral as well as intellectual training they are most deeply interested. 1. It cannot be denied that much of the standard literature of England though beautiful for the most part in style, elevated in sentiment, and generally moral in its tendency, is yet defaced and rendered unfit for the promiscuous reading of youth by the not unfrequent occurrence of passages of an objectionable kind. Many of our most celebrated works have thus been hitherto withheld from our children from an apprehension that the mental benefit to be derived from their perusal must be purchased at the costly sacrifice of a high tone of moral thought and feeling which is but too likely to accrue from an unguarded use of them. All pertaining to intellect and its development is to be valued, but it is worth nothing compared with morals. One object, then, of the select library will be to send forth editions of some of our best writers thus corrected. And in all the cases which we contemplate, it is satisfactory to find that this can be done without at all injuring their real value. Indeed, a judicious revision will not seldom remedy that prolixity and occasional heaviness which the young so often complain of in our older writers. Two, further, there are many works which, apart from their high price, it would be injudicious to place in the hands of the young on account of their great length. The junior student would be deterred from reading such books as Froissart's or Hollinshed's Chronicles were he required to master the whole of them. Their extreme value, as the best sources whence our nation's history may be derived, is on this account lost to him. It is, therefore, most desirable that works of this character should be placed within his reach, judiciously and invitingly compressed, not, indeed, in such a way as to destroy the distinctive character of the work itself, but so as to present the whole substance of it, 
divested of those portions which are not an essential part of its entireness. This, also, our library proposes to do. 3. Original works on popular and useful subjects will from time to time be added. It will be seen from the above outline that the works, though primarily purposed for the young, will yet be suitable to a large number of older readers, especially in the middle and lower classes, and it is expected that they will be found useful for lending libraries, school libraries, prizes, etc., etc. The select library will appear at short intervals in volumes of a duodecimo size, bound in cloth, each of which will be purchasable by itself. The price will vary with the thickness of the volumes, but will be made as moderate as is consistent with proper editorial care, good typography, and a due proportion of embellishment. Burns Illustrated Catalog and Scrapbook of Engravings for 1847, a descriptive list of works in general literature suited for drawing room books, presents, etc., accompanied with specimens of the engravings contained in each volume. The catalog is printed in small 4-2 on fine hot press paper and is itself an ornamental book. It contains 43 designs executed in the best style of wood engraving, which will be found suitable for scrapbooks, etc. NB. The price, force, is deducted to purchasers to the amount of two pounds. Elegant gifts. FCP, AVO, with numerous illustrations on wood by the best artists. The Tales and Romances of the Baron de la Montfouc. NB. These inimitable fictions may now be added in new and improved editions, chastely bound in half Morocco, marbled edges, at little more than the price in cloth. 1. The Four Seasons, Undine, Centrium, etc., entirely retranslated, and with 30 wood engravings, HF Moore, Twelfths. 2. Romantic Fiction, Half Morocco, Eats. 3. Wild Love, Ditto, Eats. 4. Thiadolf, Ditto, Eats. 5. Minstrel Love, Ditto, Eats. 6. Magic Ring, Ditto, S-A-X-S. Or the six volumes, if taken together, 45s. Romantic Tales for Youth Off's Popular Tales from the German This volume contains 17 of the best tales of this clever and amusing writer than whom no author has been more popular in his own country. Price and Cloth Gilt Fours Morocco Elegant Fives 6D Also, a companion to the above Select popular tales from the celebrated collection of Museus. Cloth, twos. 6D, Morocco Elegant, fours. Gift books for young ladies. One, Lays and Ballads from English and Scottish History. Second edition, improved, with notes and explanations. Cloth, threes. 6D, Morocco Elegant, Fives. 2. 
The Virgin Martyr by Massinger, illustrated by Pickerskill. Small 425s, half Morocco, SAXS. 3. Tales of Female Heroism, 19 tales drawn from authentic sources. Cloth, 3s, half Morocco, 4s. 6D. 4. Five Tales of Old Time, containing the story of Genevieve, etc., with six pictures, SIXS. 5. Monzoni's Betrothed. 60 Engravings. 2 Volumes, 10s. 6D. 6. Marco Visconti, complete in one volume, 5s, more. SIXS, 6D. 7. Sacred Verses by Reverend I. Williams with 36 pictures from Durer Overbeck, etc., 12s. 8. Tales from the German of C. Pitchler. Cloth, 3s. 6D, Morocco, 5s. 9. German Ballads and Songs. Cloth, 3s. 6D, Morocco, 5s. 10. Praskolupolov and other stories and sketches, a varied and interesting volume. Cloth, 2s. 6D, Morocco, 4s. NB catalogs, containing a great variety of others, may be on application to the publisher. Presents for children. 1. Nursery Tales, containing 20 of the best old nursery favorites and illustrated with engravings. Half-bound elegant Morocco, 12s. 2. Short Stories and Poems, a new nursery book or holiday book for young children, 40 engravings, 3s. 3. Nursery Rhymes and Jingles, 180 in number, with numerous engravings and ornaments round each page. Sevens, or in splendid crimson and gold binding, tens. 6D. 4. Household tales and traditions, as told at the firesides of England, Scotland, Germany, etc. 50 stories, 21 cuts, cloth, threes, Morocco, fours. 6D. NB. A catalog with a variety of others may be had, gratis, on application. Books for boys, combining amusement and instruction. 1. Choice Ballads and Metrical Tales, from Percy, Scott, Jameson, Ritson, etc., 18 engravings. Cloth, 3s, Morocco, 4s. 6D. 2. Select plays of Shakespeare with notes and introductions. Nearly ready. 3. Tales of Adventure by S.E.A. and Land. 3s. 6D. In the press. 4. Popular Plutarch, Lives of Celebrated Greeks and Romans. One volume illustrated. Cloth. 4s. 6D, Morocco, SAXS. 
5. Lives of Englishmen in Past Days Containing 19 Lives 2 Volumes 2's 6D Each in Cloth or Fours Morocco 6. Stories of the Crusades with Frontispiece and Plans Cloth 3's 6D Half Morocco 5's 7. Hoff's Tales, The Caravan, The Sheik of Alexandria, The Cold Heart, etc. etc. 19 stories, illustrated by W. B. Scott. Cloth, 4s, Morocco, 5s. 6D. 8. Select Fables, Ancient and Modern. 230 in number, containing all the best specimens extant and carefully revised. Cloth, 2s, 6D, Morocco, 4s, 9, Don Quixote, a new edition, condensed and revised for the use of the young. Cloth, SIXS, half Morocco, 7s, 6D, 10, Museus Popular Tales, from the celebrated Volksmerican, with 6 engravings. Cloth, 2s, 6d, Morocco, 4s, 11, Tales from T-I-E-C-K, a selection of some of the most popular fictions of this great author with 6 engravings, 5s, 12, A Popular History of the French Revolution, 5s, Cloth, Half Morocco, S-I-X-S, 6d, this volume contains a complete account of this eventful period, commencing with the first rise of the revolutionary movement and including the whole career of Napoleon down to the Battle of Waterloo with engravings and plans. NB. A catalog containing a large variety of others may be had, gratis, on application. Lives of the Ancients. Plutarch's Lives. Newly edited by the Reverend A. J. Howell, with engravings by Pickerskill. Cloth, Force. 6D, Morocco Elegant, SIXS. This will be found a very suitable volume for the young. An extensive list of educational books, etc. Cheap Library of Recreation and Instruction. With 120 engravings. Burns Fireside Library, an agreeable melange of instruction and entertainment, tales, romances, biography, history, songs, ballads, etc., etc., admirably adapted for a present. With 120 illustrations. Price, 35 parts, ornamented wrappers 2L. 2s, 21 volumes, bound in cloth gilt. 3L. 3s. 1. Evenings with the Old Storytellers. 2s. 6D. 2. Choice Ballads and Tales. 3s. 3. Shadowless Man, Undine, Leesley. 1 Volume 3s. 4. Northern Minstrelsy. 3s. 5. 
Lives of Englishmen, first series. Twos, 60. Six, ditto second series. Twos, 60. Seven, 12 Nights Entertainments. Threes, eight. The White Lady, Romances by Fook. One volume threes. Nine, Praskolupolov and other stories. Twos, 60. 10. Lays and Ballads from History. Threes, 60. 11. Quentin Matsey's Sweets and Prague. One volume threes. 60. 12. Select Fables, Ancient and Modern. One volume twos. 60. 13. Household Tales and Traditions. Threes, 14. Churches, their structure, etc. Twos. 60, 15. German ballads and songs. Threes, 60. 16. Museus popular tales. Twos, 60. 17. Marco Visconti. By Grossi. Fives, 18. Hoff's Popular Tales. Fours, 19. Fook's Magic Ring. Fives, 20. Schiller's Joan of Arc and William Tell. Fours, 21. Lives of Celebrated Greeks and Romans. Fours, 60. Or, the 21 volumes if taken together for 3L. 3s. Also, strongly half-bound for lending libraries at the reduced price of 2L. 16s. These volumes, done up in this handsome binding, will be found well adapted for presents, rewards, etc., for which purpose they are also sold in elegant Morocco at once. 60, a volume above the price in cloth. NB each part or volume may be had separately. Descriptive catalogs on application. Fook Seasons. By De Elemont Fook. In separate volumes. 1. Spring Undine. An entirely new translation which it is believed reflects the peculiar beauties of the original much more accurately than any previous version. Beautifully printed in FCAP8VO with 11 original designs by John Tenniel, June, Price Fives. In elegant cloth, gilt tops. Two, Summer, The Two Captains with three designs by Franklin, Price Once. 6D. 3. Autumn, A Saga's Night, with three designs by Franklin, price once. 6D. 4. Winter, Syndrome. A new, more accurate translation, uniform with the above, and containing ten designs by Henry C. Seelis, price fives. NB New Catalogs. Show boards and specimens may be had by the tray on application to the publisher.
magnificent drawing room table or gift book. Poems and pictures, a collection of ballads, songs, and other poems. Illustrated by English artists with an ornamental border around each page. The unexpectedly rapid sale of the first issue of this admired work has encouraged the publisher to prepare a second edition with such improvements as he trusts will entitle it to a place among the finest works of art ever produced in this or any other country. It is splendidly printed in square EVO on tone paper prepared for the purpose. Price in handsome cloth gilt, two guineas, or in Morocco elegant, two guineas and a half. As the impression is limited, those who wish to procure copies for presents or other purposes should give their orders as early as possible. NB. A specimen of the letterpress and engravings with a synopsis of the contents sent by post on receipt of four postage stamps. End of the Project Gutenberg ebook of the History of Don Quixote de la Mancha by Miguel de Cervantes Saavedra. End of this Project Gutenberg ebook, The History of Don Quixote. This file should be named 359938.txt or 359938.zip. This and all associated files of various formats will be found in http colon slash slash www.gutenberg.org slash three slash five slash nine slash nine slash three five nine nine three produced by Paul Tring, Delphine Latawa and the online distributed proofreading team at http colon slash slash www.pgdp.net Updated editions will replace the previous one. The old editions will be renamed. Creating the works from public domain print editions means that no one owns the United States copyright in these works, so the Foundation and you can copy and distribute it in the United States without permission and without paying copyright royalties. Special rules set forth in the general terms of use part of this license apply to copying and distributing Project Gutenberg TM electronic works to protect the Project Gutenberg TM concept and trademark. Project Gutenberg is a registered trademark and may not be used if you charge for the ebooks unless you receive specific permission. If you do not charge anything for copies of this ebook, Complying with the rules is very easy. You may use this ebook for nearly any purpose, such as creation of derivative works, reports, performances, and research. They may be modified and printed and given away. You may do practically anything with public domain ebooks. Redistribution is subject to the trademark license, especially commercial redistribution. Start full license. The full Project Gutenberg license please read this before you distribute or use this work. To protect the Project Gutenberg TM mission of promoting the free distribution of electronic works by using or distributing this work or any other work associated in any way with the phrase Project Gutenberg, you agree to comply with all the terms of the full Project Gutenberg TM license available with this file or online at http colon slash slash gutenberg.org slash license. Section 1. 
general terms of use and redistributing Project Gutenberg TM Electronic Works. 1.A. By reading or using any part of this Project Gutenberg TM Electronic Work, you indicate that you have read, understand, agree to and accept all the terms of this license and intellectual property, trademark slash copyright, agreement. If you do not agree to abide by all the terms of this agreement, you must cease using and return or destroy all copies of Project Gutenberg TM electronic works in your possession. If you pay a fee for obtaining a copy of or access to a Project Gutenberg TM electronic work and you do not agree to be bound by the terms of this agreement, you may obtain a refund from the person or entity to whom you pay the fee as set forth in paragraph 1.8. 1.B. Project Gutenberg is a registered trademark. It may only be used on or associated in any way with an electronic work by people who agree to be bound by the terms of this agreement. There are a few things that you can do with most Project Gutenberg TM electronic works even without complying with the full terms of this agreement. See paragraph 1.C below. There are a lot of things you can do with Project Gutenberg TM electronic works if you follow the terms of this agreement and help preserve free future access to Project Gutenberg TM electronic works. See paragraph 1.E below. 1.C. The Project Gutenberg Literary Archive Foundation, the Foundation or PGLAF, owns a compilation copyright in the collection of Project Gutenberg TM electronic works. Nearly all the individual works in the collection are in the public domain in the United States. If an individual work is in the public domain in the United States and you are located in the United States, we do not claim a right to prevent you from copying, distributing, performing, displaying, or creating derivative works based on the work as long as all references to Project Gutenberg are removed. Of course, we hope that you will support the Project Gutenberg TM mission of promoting free access to electronic works by freely sharing Project Gutenberg TM works in compliance with the terms of this agreement for keeping the Project Gutenberg TM name associated with the work. You can easily comply with the terms of this agreement by keeping this work in the same format with its attached full Project Gutenberg TM license when you share it without charge with others. 1.D. The copyright laws of the place where you are located also govern what you can do with this work. Copyright laws in most countries are in a constant state of change. If you are outside the United States, check the laws of your country in addition to the terms of this agreement before downloading, copying, displaying, performing, distributing or creating derivative works based on this work or any other Project Gutenberg TM work. The Foundation makes no representations concerning the copyright status of any work in any country outside the United States. 1.E. Unless you have removed all references to Project Gutenberg. 1.E.1. The following sentence, with active links to 
or other immediate access to the full Project Gutenberg TM license must appear prominently whenever any copy of a Project Gutenberg TM work, any work on which the phrase Project Gutenberg appears, or with which the phrase Project Gutenberg is associated, is accessed, displayed, performed, viewed, copied, or distributed. This ebook is for the use of anyone anywhere at no cost and with almost no restrictions whatsoever. You may copy it, give it away, or reuse it under the terms of the Project Gutenberg license included with this ebook or online at www.gutenberg.org. 190.2 If an individual Project Gutenberg TM electronic work is derived from the public domain, does not contain a notice indicating that it is posted with permission of the copyright holder, the work can be copied and distributed to anyone in the United States without paying any fees or charges. If you are redistributing or providing access to a work with the phrase Project Gutenberg associated with or appearing on the work, you must comply either with the requirements of paragraphs 1.8.1 through 1.8.7 or obtain permission for the use of the work and the Project Gutenberg TM trademark as set forth in paragraphs 1.8.8 or 1.8.9. 1.8.3 If an individual Project Gutenberg TM electronic work is posted with the permission of the copyright holder, your use and distribution must comply with both paragraphs 1.8.1 through 1.8.7 and any additional terms imposed by the copyright holder. Additional terms will be linked to the Project Gutenberg TM license for all works posted with the permission of the copyright holder found at the beginning of this work. 1.8.4 do not unlink or detach or remove the full Project Gutenberg TM license terms from this work or any files containing a part of this work or any other work associated with Project Gutenberg TM. 190.5 Do not copy, display, perform, distribute or redistribute this electronic work or any part of this electronic work without prominently displaying the sentence set forth in paragraph 1.8.1 with active links or immediate access to the full terms of the Project Gutenberg TM license. 190.6 You may convert to and distribute this work in any binary, compressed, marked up, non-proprietary or proprietary form, including any word processing or hypertext form. However, if you provide access to or distribute copies of a Project Gutenberg TM work in a format other than plain vanilla ASCII or other format used in the official version posted on the official Project Gutenberg TM website, www.gutenberg.org, you must, at no additional cost, fee or expense to the user, provide a copy, a means of exporting a copy, or a means of obtaining a copy upon request of the work in its original plain vanilla ASCII or other form. Any alternate format must include the full Project Gutenberg TM license as specified in paragraph 1.8.1. 1.8.7 Do not charge a fee for access to, viewing, displaying, performing, 
copying or distributing any Project Gutenberg TM works unless you comply with paragraph 1.e.8 or 1.e.9. 1.8. You may charge a reasonable fee for copies of or providing access to or distributing Project Gutenberg TM electronic works provided that. You pay a royalty fee of 20% of the gross profits you derive from the use of Project Gutenberg TM works calculated using the method you already use to calculate your applicable taxes. The fee is owed to the owner of the Project Gutenberg TM trademark, but he has agreed to donate royalties under this paragraph to the Project Gutenberg Literary Archive Foundation. Royalty payments must be paid within 60 days following each date on which you prepare or are legally required to prepare your periodic tax returns. Royalty payments should be clearly marked as such and sent to the Project Gutenberg Literary Archive Foundation at the address specified in Section 4, Information about donations to the Project Gutenberg Literary Archive Foundation. You provide a full refund of any money paid by a user who notifies you in writing or by email within 30 days of receipt that she does not agree to the terms of the full Project Gutenberg TM license. You must require such a user to return or destroy all copies of the works possessed in a physical medium and discontinue all use of and all access to other copies of Project Gutenberg TM works. You provide, in accordance with paragraph 1.f.3, a full refund of any money paid for a work or replacement copy if a defect in the electronic work is discovered and reported to you within 90 days of receipt of the work. You comply with all other terms of this agreement for free distribution of Project Gutenberg TM works. 1.9 if you wish to charge a fee or distribute a Project Gutenberg TM electronic work or group of works on different terms that are set forth in this agreement, you must obtain permission in writing from both the Project Gutenberg Literary Archive Foundation and Michael Hart, the owner of the Project Gutenberg TM trademark. Contact the Foundation as set forth in Section 3 below. 1.f 1.f.1 Project Gutenberg volunteers and employees expend considerable effort to identify, do copyright research on, transcribe and proofread public domain works in creating the Project Gutenberg TM collection. Despite these efforts, Project Gutenberg TM electronic works and the medium on which they may be stored may contain defects such as, but not limited to, incomplete, inaccurate or corrupt data transcription errors, a copyright or other intellectual property infringement, a defective or damaged disk or other medium, a computer virus, or computer codes that damage or cannot be read by your equipment. 1.f.2 Limited warranty, disclaimer of damages except for the right of replacement or refund described in paragraph 1.f.3, the Project Gutenberg Literary Archive Foundation, the owner of the Project Gutenberg TM trademark, and any other party distributing a Project Gutenberg TM electronic work under this agreement, disclaim all liability to you for damages, costs, and expenses, including legal fees. 
You agree that you have no remedies for negligence, strict liability, breach of warranty or breach of contract except those provided in paragraph 1.f.3. You agree that the foundation, the trademark owner, and any distributor under this agreement will not be liable to you for actual, direct, indirect, consequential, punitive or incidental damages even if you give notice of the possibility of such damage. 1.f.3 Limited right of replacement or refund if you discover a defect in this electronic work within 90 days of receiving it, you can receive a refund of the money, if any, you paid for it by sending a written explanation to the person you received the work from. If you received the work on a physical medium, you must return the medium with your written explanation. The person or entity that provided you with the defective work may elect to provide a replacement copy in lieu of a refund. If you receive the work electronically, the person or entity providing it to you may choose to give you a second opportunity to receive the work electronically in lieu of a refund. If the second copy is also defective, you may demand a refund in writing without further opportunities to fix the problem. 1.f.4 Except for the limited right of replacement or refund set forth in paragraph 1.f.3, this work is provided to you ASIS within all other warranties of any kind, express or implied, including but not limited to warranties of merchantability or fitness for any purpose. 1.f.5 some states do not allow disclaimers of certain implied warranties or the exclusion or limitation of certain types of damages. If any disclaimer or limitation set forth in this agreement violates the law of the state applicable to this agreement, the agreement shall be interpreted to make the maximum disclaimer or limitation permitted by the applicable state law. The invalidity or unenforceability of any provision of this agreement shall not void the remaining provisions. 1.f.6 Indemnity you agree to indemnify and hold the foundation, the trademark owner, any agent or employee of the foundation, anyone providing copies of Project Gutenberg TM Electronic Works in accordance with this agreement, and any volunteers associated with the production, promotion and distribution of Project Gutenberg TM Electronic Works, harmless from all liability, costs and expenses, including legal fees that arise directly or indirectly from any of the following which you do or cause to occur. A. Distribution of this or any Project Gutenberg TM work. B. Alteration, modification, or additions or deletions to any Project Gutenberg TM work and c. Any defect you cause. Section 2. Information about the mission of Project Gutenberg TM. Project Gutenberg TM is synonymous with the free distribution of electronic works in formats readable by the widest variety of computers including obsolete, old, middle-aged, and new computers. It exists because of the efforts of hundreds of volunteers and donations from people in all walks of life. Volunteers and financial support to provide volunteers with the assistance they need, 
are critical to reaching Project Gutenberg TM's goals and ensuring that the Project Gutenberg TM collection will remain freely available for generations to come. In 2001, the Project Gutenberg Literary Archive Foundation was created to provide a secure and permanent future for Project Gutenberg TM and future generations. To learn more about the Project Gutenberg Literary Archive Foundation and how your efforts and donations can help, see sections 3 and 4 in the Foundation webpage http www.pglaf.org. Section 3 Information about the Project Gutenberg Literary Archive Foundation the Project Gutenberg Literary Archive Foundation is a non-profit 501c3 educational corporation organized under the laws of the state of Mississippi and granted tax-exempt status by the Internal Revenue Service. The Foundation's EIN or Federal Tax Identification Number is 6462215411. It's 501c3 Letter is posted at http colon slash 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 fundraising. Contributions to the Project Gutenberg Literary Archive Foundation are tax deductible to the full extent permitted by U.S. federal laws and your state's laws. The Foundation's principal office is located at 4557 Mellon Drive, South Fairbanks, Alaska, 99712 but its volunteers and employees are scattered throughout numerous locations. Its business office is located at 809 North 1500 West, Salt Lake City, Utah, 84116-801-596-1887, email business at pglaf.org. Email contact links and up-to-date contact information can be found at the Foundation's website and official page http colon slash slash For additional contact information, Dr. Gregory B. Newby, Chief Executive and Director Newby at pglaf.org. Section 4 Information about donations to the Project Gutenberg Literary Archive Foundation Project Gutenberg TM depends upon and cannot survive without widespread public support and donations to carry out its mission of increasing the number of public domain and licensed works that can be freely distributed in machine-readable form accessible by the widest array of equipment including outdated equipment. Many small donations, $1 to $5,000, are particularly important to maintaining tax-exempt status with the IRS. The Foundation is committed to complying with the laws regulating charities and charitable donations in all 50 states of the United States. Compliance requirements are not uniform and it takes a considerable effort, much paperwork and many fees to meet and keep up with these requirements. We do not solicit donations in locations where we have not received written confirmation of compliance. To send donations or determine the status of compliance for any particular state, visit http colon slash slash While we cannot and do not solicit contributions from states where we have not met the solicitation requirements, 
We know of no prohibition against accepting unsolicited donations from donors in such states who approach us with offers to donate. International donations are gratefully accepted, but we cannot make any statements concerning tax treatment of donations received from outside the United States. U.S. laws alone swamp our small staff. Please check the Project Gutenberg webpages for current donation methods and addresses. Donations are accepted in a number of other ways including checks, online payments, and credit card donations. To donate, please visit http pglaforg donate. Section 5 General Information About Project Gutenberg TM Electronic Works Professor Michael S. Hart is the originator of the Project Gutenberg TM concept of a library of electronic works that could be freely shared with anyone. For 30 years, he produced and distributed Project Gutenberg TM ebooks with only a loose network of volunteer support. Project Gutenberg TM ebooks are often created from several printed editions, all of which are confirmed as public domain in the U.S. unless a copyright notice is included. Thus, we do not necessarily keep ebooks in compliance with any particular paper edition. Most people start at our website, which has the main PG search facility http colon slash slash www.gutenberg.org This website includes information about Project Gutenberg TM, including how to make donations to the Project Gutenberg Literary Archive Foundation, how to help produce our new ebooks, and how to subscribe to our email newsletter to hear about new ebooks.